Hello, friends. Welcome back to The Curve of Time. Firstly, a big thank you to those who forwarded the opening chapter to someone they think might enjoy it. There are more of us here today than there were last week. Second, a confession. It occurs to me that some of you might want a little more of a hint about what exactly is in The Curve of Time. I mean, from last week's dispatch, all you knew was that in some way revolves around time travel. Well, I guess you also met our protagonist, Saskia. But still you might want some clues about the world you're diving into. So here's a quick laundry list of some of the elements, beyond time travel, that will make an appearance. Firstly, there'll be some high-dimensional geometry, and mathematics more generally, but in a very approachable and friendly way. Think similarly expositive, but friendlier than Edward Abbott Abbott's novel Flatland, and in a much more relatable world. There'll also be some machine learning, or AI, because I got sidetracked by the subject about three years ago and did a bit of a deep dive with an old friend from grad school. I then explained what I'd learnt to another friend who felt that I'd made it approachable. So, one of the characters is involved in AI. Hopefully, if it's not something you know a lot about, you'll feel more literate in that world by the end of the book. There'll also be cats, because I love them, and they all have fun personalities, and I lost one near and dear to me about a year ago. And we have two kittens. There'll be food, because I love food too. Atmospheric diving suits, because why not? A Buddhist monk, and meditation, because these sorts of things should appear in more novels, and the world would be a happier place if everyone gave themselves time to breathe. And lastly, there'll be philosophical explorations of what it means to be alive. Love, loss, and letting go. Really, there should be something in this story for everyone, and in today's chapter we'll get an inkling of what Saskia's lottery win has set in motion. Until next week, be kind to someone and keep an eye out for the ripples of joy you've seeded. And now, on to Chapter 2. Chapter 2. Newsworthy. Mitza was a budding journalist who periodically wrote fluff pieces on the local lottery winners. They weren't the sort of stories that had drawn her to writing, but once she'd admitted to her editor that she had an inside friend at the lottery's office, a heads-up to get a jump on the winner's names, well, those were the sort of disclosures that got you regular work you weren't looking for. Still, it was the kind of work that was hard to pass up, given its obvious potential as a collateral chip in negotiating meteor stories. 36 hours after Saskia won the lottery, Mitza was knocking on her door. Saskia opened the door to a fiery redhead. Clad in a forest green jacket, Saskia expected Mitza to produce a petition to sign. Mitza was petite in a more bookish way than your typical greenie, but she had a friendly openness to her. Saskia top? Mitza asked. Yes, Saskia confirmed, tentatively shaking Mitza's extended hand. Mitza Pollock. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Hey, you have gorgeous hands. What? Saskia laughed. You have calluses. What could easily have been an insult was spoken with reverence. Saskia blushed, self-consciously. You must do things with your hands. Saskia's blush only reddened. I'm sorry, I... I'm a reporter. Look, the world loves a good luck story, and I'm the poor sat sent to collect them. You won the Powerball, yes? Saskia was taken aback. She hadn't expected this consequence of her actions. But then, life was full of surprises. Some happier than others, and Mitzah was a cutie. So she welcomed her inside. Mitza paused at a majestic photo of a climber halfway up a boulder just below the snow line in Boulder, Colorado. That's gorgeous. 
That's me, Saskia grinned, holding up her hands. Really? Mitzer inspected the figure more carefully. You're... She appraised Saskia with new appreciation. Come on, Saskia led the way to the kitchen. You want something to drink? Mitza asked Saskia if she was going to share her winnings with family, a possibility Saskia hadn't considered. Do you have a sister, for instance? Saskia said she had no family. Well, no siblings, at least. I guess I'll share it with my mom, though she seems pretty happy with life the way it is right now anyway. Mitza looked confused. Disappointed, perhaps? And Saskia wondered if other lottery winners were more generous. She hadn't meant her sentiment ungenerously. Worse, though, she felt she was blowing her shot with potentially the best thing about this lottery win. She could have sworn they'd shared a moment in the hallway. Sorry, Saskia started, I... But it was she who was now lost for words. Mitsa sipped the lemonade Saskia had given her. She well knew that lottery winners were often discombobulated, and she'd learnt the simplest solution was to give them space. No rush, take your time. Saskia's difficulty believing her unbelievably good fortune had much less to do with the lottery win than what made it possible. She really hadn't processed the life-changing fortune her lottery win meant, because when compared with slipping in time, winning the lottery was a positively routine occurrence. She glanced out the window. The little birdie she'd seen a few days ago was perched on the same branch again. She felt it giving her permission, permission to admit the lunacy of everything she'd experienced in the last week. Maybe it'd serve as a reset. So, you were daydreaming about love and you stumbled on time travel. Meeting lottery winners had been an eye-opener for Mitza. People were odd ducks. And more often than you might have expected, winners were nonplussed about their win. Even so, Saskia was an outlier. Saskia gave Mitza a crooked smile. What kind of clown wasn't happy about winning lottery? Had she really admitted that winning lottery was kind of a poor girl's second prize? Time travel's not much of a superpower if it doesn't help you win what you really want in life, Mitz equipped. She left the implicitly embedded question hanging. Well, it's early days. Maybe my luck is turning. Indeed, Saskia felt her circumstances improving, and her own smile grew in concordance. Who knows how things will play out? Having heard the lottery spiel often enough, Mitza decided to indulge the implausible pink elephant. So why bother winning lottery? You could have saved that little girl that was hit by a car last month. What little girl? The one that got hit riding her birthday present. A fluorescent yellow bike, I think it was. Perhaps it was an occupational hazard hearing about every local tragedy, but other people must read the newspapers too. How else was there money to pay Mitz's salary? Once again, Saskia could feel her standing slipping. It's not exactly that sci-fi version of time travel, she protested. She explained that she couldn't simply go to any point in time that she wanted. She had to get there. In the same way that you or I can't wish ourselves to a beach in the Maldives, we have to sit on a plane or a boat or whatever, I've got to traverse through time to get where I want to go. Actually, wishing us to the Maldives would be like having a teleporter. But you can time travel. It's us confused? Yes, but it's more like I've just learnt to walk and dog paddle, which means the Maldives is a long way away. In fairness to Saskia, she was right, and unlike a hike on a sunny day, the path back to another place in time was a bit like slogging through fog. Moreover, as she would later learn, it invariably left her feeling a whiff nauseous, 
though for now she assumed that was simply getting the hang of her nascent ability. Finally, as far as the future went, Saskia could no more predict it than you or I, excepting, of course, the times and places that she had already visited. As for those exceptions, they felt more like memories, the way you might remember last week. Meaning, they faded over time. With the effort involved, the idea of travelling back a month translated better to the way you or I might remember events from last year. Which is to say, it would be non-trivially draining. And you couldn't hope to recall much in the way of specific details, save a couple of key moments. Travelling that far into the past, and then back to the present, would be a tough ask, and Saskia wasn't even sure it was possible. Her longest trip thus far had been an hour back in time, to buy the lottery ticket. It wasn't like she could simply click her heels and appear where she wanted. Maybe I do go back, now that I know about your tragic girl. Seems unlikely, Mitzer objected, or I wouldn't know about her to tell you. You want to show me how it all works, Mitzer prodded? Sure. Saskia indicated the street out front. I could go back and tell you which direction you came from. Don't bother, Mitzer dismissed the offer with a laugh. Why not? How do I know you don't have a security camera? This time Saskia protested. But I don't. So you say. That's what you would say. And now I'm stuck trying to show you something that doesn't exist. It was the same existential conundrum Saskia had grappled with when she first brought Tomato home. Dogs are maybe different, but try offering a stray cat some food. Try convincing it you mean well. Right, Mr. Gafford. Besides, it's a 50-50 bet either way. Hardly convincing if you did guess correctly. Saskia objected that it wouldn't be a guess that that was precisely the point. Either way, whatever else was or was not the case, Saskia enjoyed her repartee with the woman in front of her. What did you say your name was again? Mitza. Mitza Pollock. How do you spell that? M-I-C-A. But you can pronounce it like M-I-T-Z-A. The journalist had a smattering of freckles and a very cute smile, and Saskia found herself replaying the conversation so far. Mitz's blue eyes darted right and back again, an amusing thought having just crossed her mind. You know, I had to circle the block twice to find a parking spot. What do you mean? Saskia asked. It seemed to her that Mitsu was testing her somehow, but she couldn't put her finger on how. I actually came from both ways. You're suggesting I couldn't have got it wrong? Or that you couldn't have got it right? Mitz's smile broadened. It had been less than a week since Saskia first slipped in time, but Saskia wasn't the patient type. She had been itching to tell someone about her superpower, and who better than someone she didn't actually know. That that someone was a journalist reflected, perhaps poorly, on Saskia's judgment. But we've all been dazzled by an attractive someone standing in front of us. It makes us do silly things. And in that moment, Saskia decided she really did want to convince Mitzah she could slip in time. Mitzah pulled a coin from her pocket. What side will this coin land? Saskia considered racing into the future, but decided on a stronger play. I've got a better idea. You've got your car, right? Mitza nodded. Saskia took Mitza's hand and pulled her into the front hallway. She grabbed her bike from its spot leaning against the wall and opened the front door. Slipping her feet into her tattered old pair of canvas slip-ons, the stenciled fish wriggling on the sides as her toes crinkled the fabric, she gently pushed Mitza out the door. Meet me at the racetrack. All right, that's chapter two. Hope you enjoyed it and look forward to seeing you all next week. In the meantime, if you think of somebody else that might enjoy joining us on this journey, please let them know about it. Until next week, cheerio.